0: On today's interview, I am talking with author Alyssa Bethke, wife of Jefferson Bethke. You may have first heard of the Bethke's with Jeff's Why I Hate Religion But Love Jesus Spoken Word video. Jeff and Alyssa now host the Real Life Podcast, and Alyssa authors her new book, Satisfied, Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment Right Where You Are. You will hear me mention this in the conversation, but when I first received Alyssa's book, I immediately thought to myself how timely it was for me, and this conversation just added to that. I believe that so many of us, including myself, can become just really exhausted because we live life searching for the next best thing, but sometimes Jesus isn't ready to give us that next thing yet or maybe it isn't part of his plan to ever make that change. And that can be a painful or confusing season to walk through. So Alyssa and I share our personal experiences and biblical perspective on the waiting seasons of life and why that waiting is not in vain. If you feel stuck in your life, friends, or if you feel like God isn't answering your prayers, if you feel like someone else is where you wish you could be, or if you just struggle with being discontent as a whole, this conversation is for you. Also, if you enjoy this episode, you might also enjoy episode 42, Singleness is Not a Disease with Kate Warman, episode 73, The Marks of a Christian Life, Are You Living It Out?, episode 60, How Long, Lord?, Infertility, Loneliness, and Grace in the Pain, episode 41 with Kim Walker on the desert seasons in her life, and episode 6, How to Fight a Negative Mindset with my husband, Jesse Maestas. So as always, grab a cup of coffee, go for a walk, start some laundry, or accomplish some tasks while you listen to the Living Easy Podcast. Let's jump in. We were never promised that life would be easy, but when we do it together, it becomes much easier. I genuinely believe that we have to be intentional about creating a joyful life. I believe in happy parenting, healthy marriages, long-lasting friendships, and making perfect memories in imperfect homes. But those things require deep, holy heart work. I am passionate when it comes to sharing vulnerably about the things that people are not always comfortable discussing. And I am passionate about sharing practical wisdom that has helped me to help you navigate through life less stressfully and more purposefully. On the Living Easy Podcast, you'll hear honest insight with a biblical foundation to help you become best friends with your spouse again, to love your motherhood so much that you don't need wine or even coffee, to get through the day, and to find hope in the very real trials and pain that we face moment to moment. I want to challenge you every Monday to live life with purpose, to choose joy, and to honor God with all that you do. Are you ready to fight hard for that sweet, abundant life? If so, I would love to do it together. So grab a cup of coffee and join me every Monday. I'm Lindsay Maestas, and this is the Living Easy Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm actually so excited, and I didn't even put two and two together because, of course, I knew I was going to be speaking with you. But one of my best friends, Brittany, she is just obsessed with your family calendar, And she she is always like Sunday at three o'clock. She's like, Hey, I have to go home. I have to plan my week and we're going to use the Becky calendar. So I purchased one and then I sent one to my friend. And then as I was getting ready, I was thinking about the calendar and I didn't even, I didn't connect to the two until just now. How did you guys get into that? Like what made you, I guess, just plan around family and start getting that perspective of kind of intentionality within your family.
1: Oh man, where do I start? So when I was pregnant with Kinsley, she's our oldest, she's seven now. We went to Israel. We got invited by our, now they're our mentors, um, this family. And they used to have a apartment in Israel. So they're like, Hey, just come live with us for a couple weeks. And they have five kids and they just really do family differently than we've ever mm-hmm. seen. Like super intentional. They had the whole team idea, like every kid is an added blessing, obviously an added blessing, but like you need them on your team. They have gifts and passions that like make your team what it is and that you're on mission together. And just like this whole concept of what family is and we saw it played out. And so we just asked a lot of questions and really, and then as we started to have kids and grow our family really like clung to this idea of like, we are a team on mission for the Lord, multi-generational and like, just how can we be integrated together with that? And, um, and then the calendar is kind of a fun idea that actually we didn't create that at all. We definitely do like rhythms and we teach on that and how to like have your best seven days kind of thing. Yeah. But our friends, Brooke and TJ, they do walk in love. They do like t-shirts. They created this calendar and a couple of years ago, they called us. They're like, hey, we have this whole calendar. We have all the graphics for it and marketing and all that. But it just doesn't really fit our brand. We want to gift it to you guys. We think it fits perfect with family oh. team. And so we're like, oh, my gosh, we're not going to just take it for free. Like, let's figure yeah. out something. But then they passed it on to us. And it just kind of, I feel like so many people. It's just a really great tool because it's something really practical to start. Like, how do we craft our family team? Like, how do we craft our weeks to really fulfilled what God has for us each week. And so because it's so,
0: yeah, yeah, it's so easy to just get caught up and to get lost. And I'm always telling Jesse, I don't, my husband, like, I don't want to lose my days. I feel like sometimes we just get through and basically survive. And at the end of the day, I'm left wondering like, what did I actually do with my time that was intentional with my children, that was pouring into my children, that was loving them well, and, and even just being face-to-face and playing with them. Sometimes we just get the cooking and the cleaning and the all of the things that we lose sight of the intentionality. So I just love it, and I'm thankful, and I'm so excited to get mine. But on top of that, you have a new book, Satisfied Finding Hope, Joy, and Contentment, right where you are. So for our audience who may not know you, I would love for you to begin by sharing your story with our audience. You guys, you and Jefferson kind of rocketed toward success and became well-known so quickly. How did this affect you and your family and what has life kind of looked like since?
1: Wow. Where do I start? So when we (laughs) were dating, we weren't engaged yet. Jeff did this YouTube and this poem, if you guys have back when like spoken word was really the thing
0: yeah.
1: and all about why Jesus is greater than religion. And it just, he posted it was like, oh, cool. My mom's going to see it tonight. And then woke <laughs> up and there was like a hundred thousand views. And so it just went viral and it really shot him into a whole new calling really mm-hmm. of like, he just really rode the wave God gave him of speaking and talking about Jesus. And it was really like, it was funny because we both were, I was working at a high school. I was like a college counselor and he was working at a community center and we had like barely two pennies to put together. Like, I remember we were talking about marriage and my dad sat us down and like practically laid out, like, can we even like practically get married and actually live on our own? Like, would we even be able to survive? He went on this crazy wild ride, quit his job. They actually were like, you need to quit. Like, you need to go do what God is calling you to do. Wow. And so that's kind of how we had already been dating for a couple of years. But we that's kind of how like our whole marriage started was this whole new adventure of speaking and traveling and books. And it was really sweet of the Lord because we both had dreamed of being authors, um, mm-hmm. but never in our wildest dreams would have dreamed to be able to do what we get to do. Mm -hmm. And so with that, I feel like what we do has really grown and changed and shifted with how our family has grown. So it used to be a lot of just what Jeff was speaking. And then we started to do marriage stuff. And then as we had kids, we did more family teams things. And now we're kind of breaking off a little more and me pouring into women and Jeff doing more family things. And like he does the Bible builds, which is like for kids to learn Bible stories through Legos he's a real entrepreneur. So it's yeah. <laughs> um, all these crazy, like during COVID, I think he launched three new businesses. So oh it's always like a really, it's funny because he used to always say for years, we're going to be married for nine years in October. Aww, he used to always congratulations. Say, hey, it's just a season. Oh, thanks. like, it's just a season. We just have to go like hard for this season or this is new. And finally, I realized during COVID, I'm like, oh no, like we're always going to be having something new, something launching, but it makes life really exciting. And so, so yeah, that's kind of how, what we do and how we got started. And um, we just are constantly seeking the Lord of like, what do you have for us, Lord? How do we do it together? Seeking why we're really grateful for people that have gone before and that we can ask them questions of like, Hey, how do you do this while you're married to passionate people that have um, lots of ideas? Yeah.
0: It's just funny because we, my husband and I are very, very similar. I am very like achievement minded, kind of focused on, I just love trying new things and I love kind of entrepreneurial stuff. And my husband's family is all, they're all really similar. One's an author, one created a product that actually just got into Cabela's, which is pretty cool. He's a hunter, but they all have this passion. And so Jesse and I together, we're similar in just the The constant go, go, go. And so that's where we've had, like I said, we've had to step back a little and just say, okay. And that was a lot of the reason that we moved was quality of life. You know, I want to keep pursuing these things. I love what I do. He loves being a part of what I do. It's definitely been a balancing system or kind of trying to find harmony. Is it difficult for you? maybe not as entrepreneurial minded as him, or are you kind of similar in that? And how do you navigate the busyness of it all?
1: Oh, it is so hard for me. I'm laughing because I'm like, Oh, if only you could see behind our walls.
0: I know. Uh,
1: No, this is like a constant, something that we're talking about asking mentors and counselors like, Hey, how do we do this? Because we both are passionate people. We both are visionary people yeah, like burning hearts to do things. Um, mm-hmm. But Jeff is the Enneagram can like his capacity is so big and he can go really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is an entrepreneur. I, on the, on the other hand, am a nine. I, I struggle with change. I like things to be kind of just slow and steady. <laughs> and so um, It definitely is just, I feel like he definitely challenges me, like brings me out of my comfort zone and I help him to slow down a little bit. So it is just a constant like seeking. I feel like for me, it's constantly seeking the Lord and asking the spirit, like, hey, what do you have for us in this season? What mm-hmm. do we focus on? Emily Freeman has, I'm reading her book, The Next Right Thing, which I know came out a couple years ago, but just the idea of like, she was talking about this swimming pool with the kids and how there was a lifeguard for each eight feet to like keep mm-hmm. track of all the kids. And she's like, the lifeguard only had their eight feet. Like, that's the area that they look at. And so, that whole idea of what's our eight feet? Like, what do we, for this season, what's our eight feet? What do we say yes to? What do we say no to? And so, we're constantly asking that. And also, like, in a season of, okay, now we need help. Like, who do we hire to help us do the things that we need to do so that we can do what we're really called to? So, yeah, it's just a constant conversation. And our friends have, that we've asked this about, they said too, when you have two passionate people in marriage with callings and like go-getters kind of, if one has their foot on the gas pedal, the other one has to have it on the brake pedal. You just can't mm. both go super fast, you know? So that constant, like that teamship, like that constant, okay, I'm going to step back a little bit. Okay. Now it's my time to go. And so we're really learning that
0: dance too. Yeah. Yeah. It leads so quickly to burnout when both feet are on the gas pedal. I think that you then can very easily, at least this is something we saw kind of running in different directions. Like we would meet up and be really excited because he was really passionate about his job and I'm really passionate about my job. And so we'd meet up and we'd like support each other. I had a moment where I just said, you know, I feel more like teammates or business partners than I feel like husband and wife and I want to step back and reconnect. And so that kind of goes into what I wanted to talk to you about. So your new book, which I, once I got it, Alyssa, as soon as it arrived and I opened it, my soul was like, oh, it's so timely. It was like really, really sweet timing for me. And I think what Jesus has been revealing to me lately is how exhausting it is to always be chasing the next best thing. And I joke a lot with my followers and audience that I romanticize my life. Like the food that I cook, I want it to be beautiful and how I decorate my home. I want it to be cozy and warm and how I spend my time with my kids. I want it to be filled with fun and intentional time. And even like the drives that I take, I'll go 10 extra minutes so that I go the pretty route, you know? But I find that in doing those things, not that it's a bad thing to pursue sweetness and goodness. Jesus doesn't always promise us the next best thing. And I'm always searching for that next best thing. And it can become an idol for me. And so I think with women as a whole, I mean, as a culture as a whole, but we have so much access via social media. And I know we talk about this all the time, but it really is such a deep and great struggle that we see people with a healthier marriage or a better family dynamic, or they're more financially stable, and we immediately begin to feel less than. And so I would love to learn from you in this season of kind of, I guess, stepping back and repentance and in seeking God's heart for me in this area and hear what Jesus has taught you about being satisfied with what you have and where you're at.
1: I think even you saying that is so beautiful. And I love God's heart to draw you closer to Him. And just, you're so insightful for seeing like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, this is like a really good thing, but it can quickly become something not so healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Mike, and I think all of us, all women, have that struggle and that wrestle. I think women were created to, make things beautiful. We love beauty. And we I think that's why we love Instagram. Like mm-hmm. I love going through and seeing beautiful pictures and the families that are all matching yeah. and like what they had for dinner. And and I think we're also created to create beauty. Like in our home, I think that's a gift that we bring is that we can create like a beautiful table before people, even if it's just like, here's a dandelion that I picked mm-hmm. from the yard. Like just something beautiful. This is kind of how God created us. Yeah. And my counselor recently told me, Desires are really good, like they're from the Lord and they're healthy. But when it becomes a demand, that's when we have to check our heart and it's an idol, and that's when it's unhealthy. And so, I think the desire to make things beautiful, to be intentional with your children, to have a healthy marriage, even like make a really beautiful meal for your family is a really beautiful thing. But when it's a demand, and when we go on social media and feel less than and like, oh, I don't measure up, I'm not that person, or we feel you know, like all those feelings of just less Mm -hmm. than and shame and the pressure.
0: Comparison, yes.
1: Comparison, oh my gosh. And all of these I write about in the book, but that's when something we just, not even it needs to change, but that's when it's like, okay, (laughs) that's an invitation for me to come before the father and to lay my heart at him. I have this desire, but all of a sudden I'm feeling this pressure or I feel less than, and just really having this honest gut, conversation with the Lord. And it can be in the most smallest moments. It's not like we have to wait till all the kids are in nap time or they're in bed and we have this beautiful hour to like sit with coffee and then the yeah. sunset, you know, like, which is what I long for all the time, but it can be while we're cooking and the noodles are boiling over and the kids are screaming. And it's just like, Lord, I am struggling because this moment is not beautiful. And it I don't want to, it feels ugly right now, or it feels really mm-hmm. messy or It's not what I envisioned motherhood to be or whatever it is and to let him meet us there. And I think in those moments where we feel the wrestle of discontent, we feel the messiness of life. It's a reminder that God is there with us and that's what he entered into. He put Mm -hmm. on human flesh and he knows the wrestle and the struggle. And I think one thing I'm learning a lot too right now is, and I don't even know how to say it yet because I'm still processing it, but to not run from my humanity Mm, (laughs) and to not run from my kids' humanity, we're still humans and they're Mm. still growing and learning and maturing. I'm growing and learning and maturing. And there's so much grace, like God gives us so much grace. And so in those moments where we feel our humanness to ask the Lord to meet us there and to cover us with his grace, it doesn't Mm. have to be this beautiful Instagram worthy layout or this, which I think we all know, but we also long for. And to ask God for eyes to see the beauty in the moment. And I think the beauty sometimes that he sees is different than the beauty we think we see. Beautiful moments come. Like just recently, Jeff was gone for a conference and I was alone with the kids and I was putting them down and I was just it was way past their bedtime. I was so exhausted. There was complaining and they weren't listening. And I was just like, get them to sleep. (laughs) And um, as I'm like running around and the baby's crying, my seven-year-old comes up to me and she goes, mom, I have a secret. And I was like, and we don't really talk about secrets in our family, but I was like, what is it? And she's like, I love Jesus. And I haven't told you that all year. And it was just like this moment where I was like, okay, this is not the moment I would talk like (laughs) choose to tell me this, (laughs) but it just stopped me in my tracks of like, Lord, thank you for this gift. This, this like glimpse of man, what I am doing like you are working and you are using Mm -hmm. my feebleness to grow my kids and to disciple them and to woo them. And I am so grateful that you are capturing her heart. And so Mm -hmm. it just like was this moment of, okay, I'm just going to stop. It was like such a gift and give thanks and kind of just like this breath of, okay, there's just in this moment.
0: Yeah, it's like the epitome of glory in the mundane. Kind of just like, Lord, this is not what I expected it to look like, but how sweet to see your face and your heart in the moments where I feel exhausted and worn, knowing that you are so good in all of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. So as you are a mother and are a wife and you live in a beautiful place in Hawaii, I think there might be people who think, well, you have it all though. Like you can speak to this because you have it all. And I know that's a lie (laughs) because none of us have it all and none of us have it all together. So what would be your word to people who maybe think, well, if I had... husband or if I had children or if I had, then I could be content and I would be just fine.
1: I talk about this in chapter one of my book. It's so easy to look at other people be like, oh, you have what I want. I mean, I was literally having a conversation with my husband the other day, weeping to him because, Mm -hmm. and this is really raw, saying like, I feel like you get to live my dream. Like there's, there's passions and desires in my heart that just isn't the right time. And I have to wait on the Lord but I get to see him do it. And so it's Mm -hmm. that wrestle of like wanting to support him and like, I love what God is doing in your life, but it's hard to wait. And to like, so all that to say, I feel the wrestle, even if somebody looks at me and thinks that I have all that, what they want. And I thank you for sharing that. And I think too, any season you are in, even after the Lord says yes and gives you what you desire you're still going to have some want and some desire. I think on this side of heaven, there will always be longing, you know, like I long to be married and maybe the Lord blesses you with the husband. And then you long to be a mom and he blesses you with children. Then you long to have a home or to have your parents come on property with you or to go do a dream that you have. Like there's always going to be something that we're waiting on and some yeah. longing. And so to know that and to see whoever you may feel like you're comparing yourself to or looking at, to know that they're longing for something too. Mm -hmm. And two, to not miss that opportunity. I think in every season of life, the longing that we have, the desires that aren't fulfilled, to run to the Lord in those things, to seek his face, to lay it at his feet. And even if it is every day, okay, Lord, you know my desire Here it is again. Like he does not get tired of hearing our desire. And in those seasons of longing, he is working in us. He is growing us in patience, growing us in trust. He's maturing us to surrender and know that he is God and he is good and we can trust him and that that prepares us for then whatever it is. And maybe this side of heaven, he doesn't answer our prayer and fulfill it. But to know that when we are with Jesus at the end of our life, all our longings will be fulfilled in Him. We will Mm -hmm. never have another want. We will never have another longing. We will never need faith because our faith will be made sight. That gives me great hope. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And also (laughs) it gives me the courage to be like, in a way, longing is a gift. Even though I'm like, I don't like it because it causes me to wait on the Lord and to be patient and to surrender. It is a gift because it draws me to Him. All I have is Jesus. All I have is like, He knows me so intimately and the wrestle and the deep, deep longing I have. And I can trust Him with that. Like, I know that that's drawing me closer to His heart. And that's a beautiful thing. And I think at the end of the day, that that's the greatest gift that we have is that we learn that Jesus is so close and intimate with us and His presence meets us there. And He's the greatest gift. And I know it's really hard. I'm not saying, I don't want to sound cliche at all because it is so difficult. But that that really is like, when I look back at all the seasons of weight and different things, that's the thing I cling to because it's like I received Jesus in
0: all those moments. Did you know that The Wife Project From Roommates to Soulmates will have its final official launch on November 7th? There are so many of you who are already on the wait list patiently anticipating the drop of this course. And you will be joining over 1,000 women from ages 20 to 65 who have taken this course to strengthen their marriages. And, praise report, we have people from nearly every country in the world who have bought The Wife Project to improve their marriage for the glory of God. But if you don't know anything about The Wife Project, I'm so excited to share a little bit about it with you. So let me begin with a question. Have you forgotten what it is like to be best friends with your husband? Have you become more like roommates than soulmates? I think it's safe to say that there are very few people in the world who walk down the aisle to say I do while also having the thought, I hope I have a mediocre or failed marriage that ends in divorce. No, right? We naturally desire to have the best and healthiest marriages, a marriage full of happiness, spiritual growth, pleasurable intimacy, laughter, and faithfulness, the kind of marriage that thrives when God is at the center. But then life happens. We forget the promises we've made to God and one another because we're so caught up in the broken and worldly expectations of what we thought our marriage would be. We spend more time looking over the fence at someone else's grass than we do looking at our own and doing our best to water it and nurture it. And I totally understand that marriage can be difficult. You are two sinners coming together with different upbringings, different desires, and different personalities. Jesse and I have been through the ringer ourselves in different ways. And those things can cause conflict, confusion, and loneliness when it's not worked on by either person. Kelsey took the leap and invested in the Wife Project course, and this is what she had to say. Lindsay, my husband and I have been struggling for a little while now. There was nothing wrong with our marriage. It is just hard at times. Kids and work created stress on us and we love each other, but constant miscommunication and trying to fix each other has left us both exhausted and ready to give up. I'd been praying for a reason to keep fighting for us and to keep working at this. We've tried Bible studies, marriage counseling, date nights, etc., and nothing seemed to work. The Wife Project showed me God's vision for our marriage. I realized that I need to stop trying to get my husband to fill a role he was never created to fill. I began to understand my role in all of this. I also learned that I can work on the things that I can control, my attitude, my heart, and my intentions, and that that has a huge impact on His responses toward me. Thank you for giving me the tools I needed to save my marriage. I truly believe that you are a gift from God to our family. Friends, the fact of the matter is that there are two people within a marriage, and it can sometimes be tempting to point our fingers at what our spouse is and is not doing. But the truth is that pointing fingers and telling them what they're doing wrong over and over again does not fix anything. You were never intended to play God or be the Holy Spirit in your husband's life. God has called you to be a love him wife, not a fix him wife. So do you desire to run this race well? To fight hard through the mess and the muck while holding high the beautiful institution of marriage that God has woven into the fabric of creation? I have always been passionate, and if you listen to the Living Easy podcast, you know this, I've always been passionate about redefining what it means to truly fight for your marriage as a wife while challenging the false notion that the joy, the passion, and the pursuit of holiness in marriage will eventually just fizzle out. God has called us up toward holiness and commitment with the ultimate goal being to honor Him within our marriages. My heart behind The Wife Project is to challenge you to become more like Jesus in every area of your life, which then will flow deeply and widely into your relationship with your husband and break generational habits so that your children know what a healthy marriage actually looks like. Amy said this, I only just started following you a couple of weeks ago, Lindsay, and I'm so inspired by how relatable all the content is but it always comes back to how I can focus on Christ, and that is the key to healing my marriage. One more thing to add, the Wife Project has helped my patience and kindness in parenting. It is helping my entire home, and the assignments are actually work that I want to do. This is a beautiful gift that you've given. I can already feel my wheels turning, my heart closer to God, and my whole being more gentle and tender to my partner. So good. Wives, it begins with you and not because your spouse always gives their best, but because Jesus has called you to be a good and godly wife to honor Him. The Wife Project is an eight-week, half hour video course that you can work through in your own time, and you have lifetime access to the course once it is purchased for only $197, which is less than two marriage counseling sessions. I also offer payment plans to help you guys out. This means you won't run out of time and you can watch it for the rest of your life. It also comes with a 70 plus page wife project journal with actionable marriage challenges, memorization verses, and journaling questions to help you implement what you're learning right away. So click the link in my show notes on my Instagram link or on my website sparrowsandlily.com to be added to the waitlist and to learn more about the wife project. Don't miss the last official launch. We will see you there on November 7th, 2021. Love you guys. Thank you for sharing that. I just love your spirit. You have the sweetest spirit and just like genuine. I love when I speak with someone and I just know they believe what they're saying, you know, and that doesn't mean that you live it out perfectly, but I know that you believe what you're saying. And one thing that in my time as a Christian and in my experience, one of the greatest things that I have seen that reminds me of God's goodness and His presence is how suffering leads to holiness. And the waiting period can often lead to holiness as well, because we say, Jesse and I talk a lot about, you know, when somebody has everything, life is easy and they're not waiting and they seem to have it all. A lot of the time, they kind of just walk through life by their own strength. But when we're waiting on something and when we're suffering, we're hurting, we feel crushed or left behind, there is that that need and that desperation for God's presence that draws us as you're saying, Alyssa draws us so much closer to his heart and to his character. And that pours into us so that we then, as scripture says, he comforts us so that we can pour out that comfort upon other people. And so while the waiting is hard, you know, I, I love watching my friends and not to say, I love watching my friends suffer. That is not what I'm saying, but I love watching the refinement process in them as they're longing for something or as they're waiting. And then to see these answered prayers, I'm such a strong believer in having like a prayer journal. We always say, <laughs> I keep referencing my husband. I'm sorry. I should just have him here. But we we talk so much <laughs> about, about this stuff. Now. <laughs> I know. He's a cool guy. He's pretty awesome. But we talk a lot about, you know, so many of the things that we have now are prayers that we prayed so long prayed for so long ago. And we don't have the amount of gratitude that I wish I would have for those things because I longed for them. I pleaded for them. I begged for them. And this move to Franklin is one that I've been pleading and begging for, for 10 years. And it happened. And now I'm like, Lord, I don't ever want to grow cold. I don't ever want to grow accustomed toward the blessings that you pour out, whether it's a move or whether it's something as simple as, you know, I don't know, Helping your child read, or whatever it is, you know, there are these things that we should rejoice in and give him glory for, and all of the things that we have. And sometimes that longing just helps us to see him more clearly. And writing down those prayers is a way to go back and say, Dang, that is so cool, God. Like you are so good and you are so faithful. And sometimes the answer is no. And sometimes the answer is later. And that's okay too, because it helps us to see that his plan is ultimate above our own. His will is ultimate above our own. And so for those maybe women or men who are struggling with feeling left behind, or they're feeling like, yeah, that's cool that these things are happening for these people and that it might happen for me but I am really struggling. Like I am in a season of pain for longing for a child. I am not happy with where I'm at. What would your word be to them?
1: I love how you said it, that you brought suffering into it because I think it is suffering. And I think when you say that, for me, when someone tells me like, yeah, that's suffering, it's comforting to me. Like, okay, this is valid. This Mm -hmm. isn't... And it is a suffering when you can't get pregnant, when you are single and you long to be married, when your marriage is really difficult, when your children aren't walking with the Lord, when you have older parents that are struggling with cancer or whatever, it is a suffering. Mm -hmm. So to meet them at that level. And then two, to, I guess my encouragement, one, you're not alone. (laughs) Like I feel these, what you're talking about right now, it's like, this is my month, like this is, and I think to, this is going to sound weird, but to embrace the wrestle. And I say that because I think for so much of my walk with the Lord, I always felt like I didn't think we could wrestle as believers because it was like, oh, then I'm not having faith. I'm not trusting the Lord. I'm not like, I should just know, like the Psalms, it says, like, I trust in the Lord. Like it should just like, I do that. Like, yeah. And it's like, yes, we choose to trust in the Lord, but trusting the Lord doesn't come without doubt and without wrestle. Mm -hmm. And I think as I've grown in my walk with the Lord, and especially over the last couple of years, the grace, like I was talking about that humanity to wrestle, like, was it Jacob that wrestled with the Lord, (laughs) you know, through the night? Like that is a beautiful thing when we are doing it with the Lord, you know, Mm -hmm. like just be honest with Him. Tell Him, like, journal it out. Cry it out. And it it's okay if it's not, like, healed or resolved within your certain amount of time, whatever you think that time is. Like, it mm-hmm. could be a constant wrestle. But to do that with the Lord and He meets us, He is so gracious and loving and so patient that He wrestles with us. Like, He mm-hmm. lets us cry out. And I think as I read more of the Psalms and really dig in, like, They're so gut honest, (laughs) you know, like it's like, so, and sometimes I don't understand what they're saying or the justification or like kill them Lord, because they're like wicked, but (laughs) it's like, they're just gut honest. And I think for me as someone who struggles sometimes to say exactly what I'm feeling or to say what I need or to feel the things I'm feeling as I've grown in the Lord and like take those to him. Like I'm really angry God because you know, X, Y, and Z, or Mm -hmm. I'm really, I feel so left out or I feel so like, do you even see me right now? And then he meets me there and he speaks over me. And it's always so loving, but if we aren't honest about how the wrestle, then he can't always penetrate our hearts. Like he wants to. And so I don't know if that is encouraging, yes. but I no, think, it is. You know, like to to know that it is a suffering, and that we can wrestle with the Lord, and He really does meet us. And then when He meets you, it's like this treasure He gives us because it's no, you know, that He's met you in the depths of your darkness, and mm-hmm. He is always faithful. He will always go there with you. And so, and then to also bring community into it, like don't do it alone. Be honest with your husband, your friends, your mentors. You know, anyone that is a safe place that knows will fight with you and pray for you and not rush you ahead in the wrestle, but will mm-hmm. just really meet you there and remind you of God's goodness and his grace and let you be messy. I think yeah. that's a gift too. you. Like if you have friends struggling, let them wrestle, you know, like don't try to filter them, but be a constant presence of this is who God is. And
0: mm-hmm.
1: I think that's been the most encouraging thing for me that my mentors and friends have given me.
0: I think that so often we want to fix, I am totally a fixer. And so often we want to fix somebody's problem, but I've shared before, I created a course called The Wife Project, and it's just geared toward women evaluating their own hearts and their own lives, because we can often point fingers at our spouses and it works through biblically healthy marriage, God-centered marriage. And one of the things that I shared during that time in, in the project was how the friends that let me cry on their floor as I was struggling with my husband and struggling with maybe decisions I had made or words I had said that I regretted and they just let me cry and they just let me be there were moments that I think really saved my marriage and helped me process through things. They weren't trying to fix me. They weren't trying to, you know, they weren't comparing they weren't saying anything they just allowed me to struggle and to wrestle and they asked questions that allowed me to dig into scripture they didn't give me solutions they it was kind of like apologetics you know like what does the lord say about this what does god say about this and gave me the ability to seek him for myself rather than trying to just offer all of it and so i really love that you mentioned it i also love that you said sometimes we think we're not supposed to doubt. We're not so, and that's something I battle with a lot. We're not supposed to question. But in reality, we are these depraved, broken, sinful people living in our flesh. And that is naturally going to come. We're not shocking God by feeling those things. We're not shocking God by feeling envious or prideful or just struggling in our waiting. That is something that He knows as a God who came in the flesh. He experienced fully. And so I just, I really love your points and it was encouraging to my heart and I know it will be to our listeners' hearts as well. And I think so much of just even what you're sharing, the wisdom that you have, as people listen, one thing that we maybe don't have enough of in our society, not calling anybody out, but just to challenge and encourage is kind of a a biblical literacy and a seriousness about our Bibles because that that helps us to walk through. God's word is what transforms the heart. So I think that when we seek his word and when we know his word and when we study and truly care about what the Bible has to say, we will be very surprised by how much it helps guide us through that process. Would you agree?
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes and amen. And I think I love that you brought it up because I feel like our generation is not, literate in the bible and i think sometimes we we are led more by our feelings but then don't add in like don't seek the bible and so i think what you're saying is we need i think that our feelings as a reminder i know you know this feelings are just they're like gifts from the lord showing us like what is going on in our heart so instead of putting them like instead of shutting them down or ignoring them to be curious about them. Oh, Mm -hmm. I, I'm, I feel angry. Why do I feel like that? Lord, like show me. And then when we go to scripture God uses it. I mean, Psalm 119, right? Like it's his word is such a gift and it enlightens. It shows us, it reveals his heart. It guides Mm -hmm. and leads our steps. Sometimes that is his word given to us that leads us and directs us. And the spirit, sometimes I think we're, we get scared or I get scared. Maybe I'll put my name in it of what God will say of the conviction that he may bring or Mm -hmm. like You know, feeling like, oh, I know he's gonna correct this or whatever, but his correction and his conviction is always so tender and so just so kind. It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And Mm -hmm. so whenever I've been in scripture and the Lord illuminates something, it's like, oh Lord, thank you, thank you that you have showed me this, that you have shed a light on this area that needs to grow, needs to change, where I need to repent. My friend recently told me, and I've been clinging to this, Repentance is a gift. It's not something to run away from or be fearful of. Like it always, repentance is always the road to healing and to unity. And so, to not be fearful of it, and God's Mm -hmm. word is one of the greatest gifts to us to really like lead us and Mm -hmm. to mature us and and to bring us to the Father's heart to show us what His heart is. And so, I just completely like. Yes and amen to all that right. you're saying. Like into God's word. And it is such a comfort to me too. Like yeah. comfort, guidance, all the things.
0: Yeah, I had a moment the other day where I said something dumb to someone. Like I just, I knew I should have not said that. And I caught myself like mid-sentence and so of course I'm cooking and I'm just beating myself up. I'm like, that was so stupid. And this person, this friend of mine, she's much older than me. And she always says, I just tell the devil, like, yeah, I'm a creep. I'm a total creep. And, and there's nothing that's shocking about that. And so I said that to myself as I was cooking, I'm like, yeah, Lindsay, you're a creep. Of course you said something stupid. You're sinful and you're broken. And it just, it is what it is. So like ask for forgiveness, tell them that you shouldn't have said that and ask God to close your mouth more often (laughs) instead of speaking your mind. But it was funny, just kind of the way that it processed because in my head, before I said those words out loud, I didn't want to acknowledge what I had done. And I don't know if that was pride or if it was a sense of, I don't know, just fear of being, you know, not pleasing a person, not making someone happy or making someone feel uncomfortable with me. But I just feel it's so freeing to just, I always say, whatever sin you put in the light, Satan loses his power over it because it's no longer in the darkness. And you have this sense of freedom to say, yeah, of course I'm going to mess up. Of course I'm going to fail. But Leading as to what you said, this was my last question for you, is the power and the importance of repentance. As you said, God's kindness leads us to repentance. And I find that in my discontentment, in my waiting seasons where I'm comparing or I'm envying, I feel like I justify that. Like, well, if only I get that, then I would be content. But if we continue on that path of discontentment, of complaining of, feeling ungrateful, because a lot of that discontentment comes from a lack of gratitude. I realize I'm not trusting in God's plan and in His will. So can you speak to repentance and if it's been a factor in your life when it comes to having a satisfied heart and how others can pursue that as well?
1: When my friend said repentance is a gift, it spoke to my heart because I think I can tend to be very prideful and stubborn, like in a marriage when we're arguing, having heated fellowship. Um, <laughs> I The last thing I want to do is repent and ask for forgiveness. I really struggle with it. And so I think it struck me so much when she said that because I naturally... Avoid repentance at all costs. (laughs) So I'm learning to embrace it and to see it as a gift, a healing agent. And yeah, a gift from the Lord. Another thing I've learned is that repentance is also to make it more simple or break it down a little bit is just confessing to the Lord, like, and that can be confessing what we do wrong and wrong, you know, things that don't please the Lord or when we hurt somebody. But it can also be like confessing our fears, confessing when we're feeling dissatisfied or discontent and just like admitting it to the Lord and asking Him. I think that's the thing. Sometimes we, and I say we, maybe I should just keep saying me. I run from, confessing that to the Lord or admitting that to myself, because I think it's my job to be content. It's my job, like, like shame, like why? Like, look around me, Alyssa. Like, why am I struggling with discontentment? I should be better. I should do better. This shouldn't be a wrestle for me. And I think that voice, when we say things like that to ourselves is not the father's heart at all. Mm -hmm. And again, embracing our humanity, like we're human, we're going to wrestle. We're going to struggle with feeling discontent, with feeling dissatisfied, with um, comparing. And so instead of having that kind of voice, being curious and embracing confession to the Lord, like, Lord, I feel discontent in this moment. I feel dissatisfied. This is not what I pictured my life would be. Or today was like, like not satisfying at, at all. Lord, help me like and just asking him for help over and over He is King. He is Savior. He's the one doing good works in us, bringing us to completion. He will be faithful to bring us to completion. And so our job is to abide in Him.
0: Our Mm -hmm. job
1: is to keep seeking His face, to keep having that open conversation and admitting when we feel those things, when we are choosing not to be grateful, when we are nagging, when we are discontent, and then asking Him for help. Lord, wow. help me to give thanks. Help me to see with your eyes. Like, like, let me look around and see your beauty, see your gifts that you're doing. See all the little moments of your grace to me. I love. I still love Ann Voskamp's book, just like counting all the gifts he gives to us. And mm-hmm. it, and when I do that, when I actually stop and look around and I see I have a little dahlia on my desk and like a beautiful jar of water, like it's the most simple thing. I w- if I could show everyone, I would. I'm going to give thanks for that. Like, and just seeing all the things that God gives us that changes my heart, but I need God's help to do that. And so I think that to like say freedom for everyone, like we feel these things because we're human and like, but God is our savior. And so he will help us as we seek him and ask him for help. Like, and I think that I remember my high school leader taught me this way back when I was like a sophomore. Mm -hmm. Even the desire is a good thing. Like, if we don't desire it, ask God for the desire. Like, I want to want you, Lord. I want to be content. I want to see things as you do. I want to be satisfied. And Paul says in the New Testament, like, I have learned to be content. So, Mm -hmm. I think contentment is a learned thing. So, each opportunity where we feel discontent, it's an opportunity to learn to be content and Mm -hmm. to be thankful. And so, it's a process. And I think, I think I want to run from the process. I just want it to to like, to say it and be done. Like I want, like we are in the middle of, we're towards the end of remodeling our house. I thought it'd be so much easier than it was, but it's (laughs) a process, (laughs) you know, we are in process. And so to embrace the process and to seek the Lord. And as we seek the Lord each day, each moment, seeking his face, he will be faithful to change our hearts.
0: And that process, yeah. And that process is, I believe, where so much of the work is done. Like I, I always say when I'm in the shower and I'm just alone and nobody's watching and nobody's listening, like it's just me processing through or when I'm getting ready in the morning and doing my makeup, like those are the moments where God, I just spend time with God and I'm able to hear his heart for me and and the pruning is done. Like, hey, I know you had a really rough morning with your boys and you're feeling like you're ready to tap out and it's 9 a.m. But this is where the work is done. The healing, the, the growth, the ability for you to see that there's goodness on the other side. And then right now you need to fight the good fight and know that what I am doing is going to make an impact for my kingdom, even when you feel like you're just a big, huge mess. Mm -hmm. And and so I just, I'm thankful for you sharing that part. And I think one thing also just in closing is that growth and change are not linear. I think a lot of the things I've seen in my life, it kind of feels more like a roller coaster Mm -hmm. where I think I'm getting from point A to point B, but it's really like a b c d z you know and it's <laughs> it's messy but then i look back and so often we do we look back and we're like lord you've never failed me before why do i feel like you're going to fail me now why am i believing those lies i need to see your goodness and that's where getting in the word and just seeing his heart and his character throughout generations and thousands of years is impactful for the way that we live alongside of him so in closing can you Tell our audience where to find you, where to find your new book, Satisfied, and one takeaway that you hope that they get from reading your book.
1: You can find me on Instagram, Alyssa Joy Bethke. I've taken like a long, like seven, Hiatus. <laughs> I've been slow to get back on, like a seven week break, but I am getting back on soon. And then our website is jeffandalyssa.com. You can find all the things we do, family teams, Bible builds, conferences, all of that. And then Satisfied can be found where anywhere books are sold, Amazon, Target, Barnes and Noble. And the takeaway I hope that you will get from the book, it's a full color book. It has recipes
0: in it and pictures. It's so pretty, um, Alyssa. You did such a good job. It's so beautiful. It's on my coffee table.
1: (laughs) That's just Good. That's what I hope it can be, a coffee table or in your recipe area. Uh, But my hope, the greatest gifts that people have told me about the book is that somebody said, I hope this doesn't offend you, but when I read your book, I just closed it. And I ran, like, I just opened my Bible. Like all I did was I Mm -hmm. wanted to hunger for Jesus and his word. And I'm like, no, that is the greatest gift. That is my hope that you will read the book and you will be drawn into the presence of the Lord and he'll meet Mm -hmm. you wherever you're at. And you'll just be so much hungrier for him. So that is my prayer and hope when you read the book.
0: I love that. Well, thanks, Alyssa. I know it is so early for you, but you are still like just this bright light of joy. And (laughs) I really have enjoyed meeting you and having the opportunity to talk with you. I have followed yours and Jefferson's journey from, I mean, from the spoken word poem. And so it's just an honor for me and to see your authenticity and your heart and your love for Jesus. And so I just wish you the absolute best with your book. Everybody go and check it out. It is so beautiful and filled with so much wisdom. So thank you, Alyssa. I am thankful to have you on here. Thanks so much, Liz. This is so fun. Of course. So if you enjoyed this conversation, we would love to hear your feedback and any key points that you gained from it, anything that encouraged your heart, just tag us on a screenshot at Alyssa Joy Bethke and at Living Easy with Lindsay. And um, we would just love to hear what you gained. Send a DM over to me. We would love to share your insight. So we love you guys and we will see you all next Monday. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to share the love. The simple act of taking a screenshot of this episode and tagging the Living Easy Podcast makes such a huge difference in my little podcasting world. If you are blessed, challenged, or impacted by this conversation, someone else you know might be too, so please feel free to share a little hope and joy with the people that you love. If you haven't already, please take 30 seconds to scroll down from this episode or the podcast homepage on iTunes to give a quick rating and review. This makes a huge difference and helps in getting great guests for future interviews. Don't forget to follow along with me on Instagram for encouragement, devotionals, and practical advice on all the life and faith stuff. Love you guys.